I have broken more Elton John records. He seems to have a lot of records. And we beat, and I, by the way, I don't have a musical instrument. I don't have a guitar or an organ. No organ. Elton has an organ and lots of other people helping. No, we've broken a lot of records. We've broken virtually every record. We do it without, like, the musical instruments. This is the only musical, the mouth. It's, and hopefully the brain attached to the mouth, right? The brain, more important than the mouth is the brain. The brain is much more important. Sort of. Welcome to 80sography, your deep dive into the glory hole of the splendiferous 80s. We have finally reached the final part of the 80s Elton Opus, as our Reg sees out the decade. Let's continue. 1986 Before we get to the next album, we have the second Bernie number one single in America. Bernie's been doing so well on his own with this, you know, he's had number one in America with Heart and with the Jefferson Starship, um, much to my annoyance. Um, <laughs> I thought we might get that. No, no. Now be serious about it. What do you actually feel in the back of your mind when I'm you grit your teeth and look I, at billboards? I do. I grit my teeth because I've always wanted the right hit songs for somebody else. Nobody's ever had a hit record of recording a song of mine ever. Torpin's obviously found someone that he can do it with, and I, I'm very pleased for him. Come on, I'm, I'm. I mean, I grit my teeth and think, you little swine. Because I desperately, that's one thing I've always wanted, apart from another one in England. I've always wanted to have somebody else have a hit with one of my songs. These dreams by heart. A nice melody from Martin. Page. And a lot of lyrics from Burn. If you look at the lyrics to this, there's two full verses, a chorus, a verse, a chorus, a middle eight, a verse, a chorus. That's like, that's as many lyrics as you'll find in an album side of Elton's. But it's another number one hit. Uh, Elton had another single, Cry to Heaven, his last single from Ice on Fire, didn't chart. Speaking of heaven, at the other end of the chart spectrum, 80s Elton played guest piano on Wham's last single, Edge of Heaven. It's an act of reciprocation after George guessed it on his two hits from... <laughs> and then we get, it cannot be delayed a second longer, onto album number seven of the 80s. Oh, take a break, Elton, please. Uh, this is produced by Gus Dudgeon, like Ice on Fire. It's a long way from Space Oddity. Now, this is considered the Nadir. 
nadir of his career. The nadir of his career. One of his worst selling albums. The one that Elton himself considers the worst of his career. Uh, the cover, a hunky torso wearing a leather jacket given the Andy Warhol treatment times nine. It's the back cover. Now this possibly was meant to be the cover and they thought, this is just too... Oh, just, uh, you just look at the picture. There's Elton is banned looking tough wearing leather jackets. <laughs> it's very funny. Clearly meant to be the cover. Okay. There's 11 tracks on this album. When you think the last few albums have all been 10 tracks, there wasn't a, one track you could take off this. Seriously? It's too much of a struggle to decide. It's like, oh, I've got to keep them all. They're all so good. Well, let's find out. Let's get on with it with the title track called... Um, anyway, it's the title track. Well, if we start with the title track, am I or am I not right in saying that Tina Turner could have had a connection with it somewhere along the line? Not at all. Leather Jackets, in fact, was the first song that I wrote for the Ice on Fire album. It was the first song I ever played to Trevor Horn. And I, he, it was a thought of like having Trevor produce the album. And he just dismissed it, really. He said it's just, he liked it, but he said it's terribly old-fashioned. And it's got on the album cover, it's got a, um, with credit to Adrian Colley, who's um, really the official sort of guy who looks after all my equipment and... and uh, um, is co-producer of the B-side, he's like my boffin. And he just pointed it out to Gus Dudgeon, you should listen to this song if you're listening to songs. And I'd forgotten all about it. You pray to someone new when you're locked up in the rock. The golden age, dead and gone, of a against from the clock. And you talk to When people bitch about the 80s, people that don't like the 80s, this is exactly the kind of weak, insipid shit that people use. It's like exhibit A for the prosecution of why the 80s weren't very good. This is not a good start to the album, clearly. There's an air of naffness that permeates through this entire album. I think this is one of the worst culprits. This could be his naffest song of all time. I mean, the synths are so cheesy and insipid on this. And has there ever been a more lightweight beginning to an album. I don't like how he shouts the vocals. A bit irritating. He kind of, at the end of the sentence, the instrumental bit, like this, this bit's okay. Maybe the whole song should have had that energy to it. It starts with the doo-doo trope of the uh, 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 ooh, ooh, ooh. See, the thing is, there's no, there's no piano on this, and he doesn't play the synths. At this stage, he's not playing the synths anymore. He thought playing synthesizers, there's a specific art to it that he wasn't very good at, so he wasn't playing the keyboard. So what was he doing here? Is he just singing on these tracks? So let's just move on, shall we? Track two, Hoop of Fire. The last album could have included perhaps one or two of the songs that are included on Leather Jackets. Yeah, it could have included... Hoop of Fire, four songs actually, Hoop of Fire, Angeline, Slow Rivers, Run Cold, Cliff Richard Duet, 
and there's one other one. Oh, Gypsy Heart. But they've kind of been rejuvenated since the last album. We've added some or redone some stuff on them. And Hoop of Fire especially. I wanted to go on the last album, but I just didn't like the backing vocals. They've kind of been redone or, or sort of resorted out. You shy away, shy away from lips that want to kiss you. Don't impress you But if you ask me You like the heat In the hoop of fire And it's hard to read Just how Americanism here. Fire. English fire. American. English fire. American. Now Bernie really liked this. He said in an interview, this one is very favourite songs and he had apparently on separate occasions tried to get Roy Orbison and Eric Clapton to cover it and neither of them did <laughs> what does that tell you Bert? not quite sure what he hears in this song uh, certainly not the lyric that stands out and it's not a bad song it's probably the best song on side one which is the ultimate and faint praise damning yeah it's okay of all the songs underrated little heard Elton songs to pick as your favourite it's a weird one it's okay this is alright if you would, tell us the share story in the track that that's connected to on the um, That's also going to be a problem because she sent the lyric to about three or four people, I think. I mean, Les Dudek has written a song to this lyric called Don't Trust That Woman. Please don't send me lyrics, everybody. Um, but it was a, f a good lyric, and I just wrote the song to it. She wanted, I phoned her up and said, listen, come on. I wrote it for her album. She's doing an album for Geffen Records. And when I found out she wasn't doing it, I said, listen, could, uh, could we have the song? Can I do it? She said, yes, but what's the publishing going to be? I said, what do you mean about the credit? So I said, Elton John share. She said, no, it's got to be share, Elton John. And I thought, bat it didn't bat an eyelid, but I thought, well, fair enough. If you take that attitude, it's not going to be share Elton John, it'll be share Lady Choppice. And it, that's how it is. Bye. 
close to the light. Ah, there goes Cher in a helicopter with a machine gun. Um... Don't trust that woman co-written with Cher. Snap out of it! Cher. Snap out of it! Cher. Of it. Originally, the idea of being on her album, that turned out to be much more of an AOR kind of rock album. So this one wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have worked. And the lyric proved that Cher could out misogynize. Is that a word? Burn. She's a real ball buster. Don't trust her. She's in a most peculiar phase. You can rear end her. Fair enough. She wants you. She'll have you her own way. Don't untie her. Don't defy her. Cause she'll bring you down to your knees. You can beat her. But don't mistreat her. Oh, don't believe that woman, please. Now, the chorus, I always remember Q Magazine. This is back when Q Magazine was good. It was really good in the 80s, Q Magazine. Oh, everything was good in the 80s. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm living in the past. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I don't want to be here now. Um, they said, they quoted the lyric for Don't Trust That Woman as Because she'll burn you and turn you into little toast. Which I think is actually a better lyric than turn you to little toast. Turn you to little toast. She's burning you, so it makes sense. Toast. Very specific. Uh, this, ugh, the guitar bit's really irritating on this. This sounds to me like end credit song to some cheesy mid-80s buddy comedy. And the first rule in a crisis situation. You negotiate first. And you attack last. Well, you negotiate first and then you attack. You never negotiated. Nah. You, you don't know what kind of an enemy I am. Who are you? I'm Vincent's brother. We're twins. That's right. Is I'm sure I didn't mind this as a kid when I first heard it, but it's not aged well. It's got the O trope. Yeah, this is a bit, a bit rubbish. I don't like this really. Go it alone. There are a couple of candidates for worst track. This makes it by virtue, if virtue's the right word, of being both naff and dull. Now, null, duff, daff, daff. That's the thing now, it's a daff track. This is the daff track. Like, don't trust that woman is naff, this is daff. You're despicable. Chorus and verse melody pretty much the same. There's not a lot of variety to this song. There's nothing going on here. And I hate the echoey bit of the vocal. That irritates. There's lots of bits on this album that just have little bits that are irritating. That's irritating. Why would this is a B-side at best? It's all the same. 
Trope. One line review, Jen Eric. Jen. The chicken poops in her lap! Eric. I want to be a woman. Not bad in itself, you just feel like he and countless others have written this song many times before. A Mrs. Gash? Oh, she's not here. Uh, Mrs. Gatorade, what think you of Mrs. Gash? She's a lovely lady, you know, but she can't stand Elton John, you see. And a side one. It worked, this song really works well as a duet because it wasn't written as a duet. I've always admired Cliff's voice. I think he's probably got one of the best, technically best voice in the world. I always wanted to do something with him and I phoned him up and he came down and we did it more or less straight away, both together singing at the same time at once. You will take this in the spirit it's meant, but um, you and Cliff Richards, lifestyle-wise, thinking-wise, behaviour-wise, I'd say there's a little gap. Did you, did you find him an easy person to get on with? I find Cliff delightful to get on with. Um, did you feel you had to behave yourself and not... Not at all. Cliff is not like that at all. Cliff will drink. Cliff doesn't ram religion down your throat and things like that. Cliff's very opinionated, and I find him very good fun to go out with. I call him the bionic Christian. And vocally, did it blend well? Um, it, oh, it's very hard to tell us apart, actually. Um, I, I'm the one with the dog collar in the video. Go! Pull on your dancing trousers and get down to the total and utter king of rock and roll, Cliff Richard! Please now meet a really good chum of mine, Mr. Elton John. Listen, why don't we sing something? Well, we have a, uh, what about the duet off the album? I've got an album out, and uh, we've done this duet, haven't we? We have indeed. So we might as well do it then. And it's great of you to break your world tour just to come and sing a duet with me. Well, that's quite all right, Cliff. I mean, know. because, you know, I, I'll sing with anybody. The rumours are true. What? <laughs> <laughs> why don't we do the duet? All right. Yes. Cold rivers? Slow rivers. Okay. Run, slow rivers run cold. We'll do cold rivers afterwards. We'll do cold rivers, yeah. We'll do Joan rivers after as well. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> the man looks confused Shakes his fist at the sky Like you used to do But you don't remember things like that, do you? The balance was uneven, but I Shallow waters never sank so low I thought I'd 
Slow Rivers, show tune. Starts with the doo-doo trip of the ooh. Come on, Cliff, sing it. It's not a good sign for your album in general when the Cliff duet is the best track. But I really like this. It has a tension in the melody that's very different for Elton. It's just over three minutes long. It's the shortest track on the album. It crams a lot in, including, yes, a middle eight. And it's great. The middle eight is great. And it flows. See what I did there? Beautifully back into the chorus. Chances are you will reappear. Swim my way in a flood of tears. No place to hide your conscience. So you're a Everything about this works. It wasn't put on ice on fire because, as I said at the beginning, it's one of the tracks that was carried over from those sessions. I don't think there's any accident that Cliff was given this line. The winter here, don't believe in God. Yeah, the voices blend well. It deserved to be a hit. Cliff was... Clit. <laughs> Clit. <laughs> Oh, hi. What's a clit? Ah, uh, Cliff. I was just calling him Clit. Clit was hot in this period as well. It was a hot Clit. He had a number one with um, the young ones. Brilliant! And a top three hit with All I Ask of You with Sarah Brightman from... And his following two singles the next year were both top ten. But Elton stock was very low at this point. Two of them together couldn't get this into the top 40. Can I go now? Uh, yes, thanks, Cliff. Bye. The first record we're putting out is Heartache because everyone agreed we played to all the record companies around the world and that's the one they chose. Mm. And that's a pure pop song. It's, a, it's a, not my favourite song on the album by a long way, but it's like, it's a don't go breaking my heart. And it was the one that was finished first. Well, I'm running away from this house on the In 2001, Elton claimed this was the worst thing he ever recorded. Uh, it didn't crack the top 40, either side of the Atlantic, which was the first time an album of his had not had a top 40 hit since 1970. Uh, I think he's being harsh. Actually, this is very 80s, and it's not particularly well produced. It's a bit weedy. But I like the keyboards on this. I like his song. I like his tune. 
I think it's got a great melody. I'm not sure it's Bernie's heart that is on fire in this lyric, the old horn dog. Hi, I'm Bernie. Mm. Horny talking. Otrope. But I, I like this tune. I think it's a playlist song for me. It's a song I've not heard for a long time because you won't find it on compilations. You won't hear it on the radio. It wasn't a hit. It's, it's Elton doesn't like it. But I quite like this one. This is a really good song. It's got a good chorus. Now, Angeline, Alan Carvel has an involvement in this, does he not? Well, Alan Carvel, the song was written by Bernie myself, but Alan Carvel added the do at the beginning of it, which kind of makes the record for me. It was a good song, but uh, that whole bit made it into a sort of much more exciting track. So because of that, I gave him a third of the publishing because there are little things that sometimes lift records. And that little thing at the beginning and at the end lifted the record so much. saying that there are two guest musicians on the track whose lead vocalist has just has he not had a 40th birthday um yes uh, roger taylor from queen and john deacon from queen um and freddie's 40 and i am next year um but that's the right way around i would yeah, think in your mind but i'll have a much better party uh, angeline co-written with alan carvel 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 on backing vocals he does the oh bit can i count that as a doo-doo trope when elton didn't originate it Yes, I can. Again, the rhythm section from Queen. Bismillah. It's a noticeable bass line from Johnny Deacon, but again, perfunctory drums from Rog. Well, he was a good drummer, right? You can't tell from the two tracks he did with Elton. I guess we'll have to wait till the Queen episode to examine that. I mean, you certainly can't tell from Radio Gaga. Uh, the lyrics. Christ, what was the inspiration here? Treat them mean to keep them keen? The narrator of the lyric, the character singing the lyric, is obviously some kind of brute, but there's no context in the lyric to explain. Are you supposed to condemn him for his point of view? It's, I don't know. I Certainly not enough depth. Give me more cash, bring me saramash. Peel me a grape. Ooh, I could crush a grape. Oh! And fetch my stash and bite me, Angeline. Let me use you like a sex machine, Angeline. It's just all right, not a very good song. Now, Memory of Love involves Gary Osborne. I, I don't want to be impertinent, but Gary, one would assume, when you announced that you were getting back together with Bernie, must have gone home and cried himself to sleep. But I'm sure you mm. were caring enough to assure him mm. at the time that perhaps the end wasn't. Uh, it's kind of very hard, uh, sort of very hard to reassure someone when, you know, because the situation is pretty permanent, isn't it? Um, and I think Gary probably did worry his, himself to sleep and because I really actually do like writing because it's, it's my sort of like melody first, it's completely opposite way around.
right, how many are left? Right, three. Why is this an 11 track album, seriously? You could lose any track from this album, it'd still be longer than Breaking Hearts. Did not need to be 11 tracks. Right, track nine. Memory of Love, he's back! Exclamation mark. Back, capital B, two exclamation marks. Back, all capitals, three exclamation marks. Gaz Oz has returneth Ed. And of course it's one of the worst tracks on the album. <laughs> God, this is tepid, it matches the lyric. We've been starved of Gaz's insights for five long years. Let's examine. Uh, we are well versed in the workings of the Osborne by this point. You could practically write this lyric yourself now. So I paused to try this, I was going to do my own Gary Osborne lyrics. I played Memory of Love and I gave myself the four minutes and nine seconds to write my own Gary Osborne lyric and I did it, I did it under four minutes. And here it is, it's called Love Never Dies. This is my Gary Osborne lyric. Verse one. Once we knew what we must do to make the flower of love grow, but then we found love stood its ground, unless we dared to make it show. Chorus. Keep the heart on fire, truth winning over lies, fan the flames of desire, and then love never dies. Verse two. Those chains that bind, we can unwind, if we choose to forge the path together. I know somehow, that here and now, we can keep this love afloat forever. Repeat chorus. There, you can do it too. Do your own Gary Osborne lyric in four minutes. Look. Oh, this is, oh, this is rubbish, this song. Oh, wow, seriously. Uh, maybe this should be the, maybe it should be the worst track. There you go. Two bad tracks in this album. Paris. That interests me. How much time has Bernie spent in Paris? Bernie loves France. I mean, he's part French, Topin. Bonjour, je m'appelle Bernie Topin. With a lyric and a title like Paris, if you write a bad song, it's a Nikita-type lyric, where you, in similarity to Daniel, I class it in the Daniel Nikita-type mold, where the lyric is one of those you just write the song to and you go all the way through, and it's just like the melody was written practically all the way through without break. In fact, it was written at, um, in the Mayfair Hotel in England, because um, I was so bored. The, the wife chucked me out of the house because we were having the kitchen done. She said, go and stay in London. And I wrote the song, and it was one of the few songs that we've ever written, played on stage before we recorded it. And so when we came to record it, we had to, it had a brass solo on it, and it was much more powerful on stage than it is on record, and we had to completely do the reverse on record and make it much more gentle again. But it's, um, you know, it's one of those great lyrics you get where you just can't help, you know, but write a quite a nice song to it. It's, Torfin's great, he comes up with one of them on usually every album. I just wrote something the other night. Yeah! There's a story. Yeah. We have two stools to Da, 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 da. So now you're da. going to Paris, by I'm going to Paris tonight, yeah. yes. Nobody lives in the air or lounge. We clean the ashtrays, TV's just wound down. I've got a little morning. I've got a last the night. I've only got one book to see me through my fly. 
Quite nice. Elton talks about the lyric. The quote about Bernie does one of these in the album. Burn, just the one. <laughs> it's a nice melody. The demo is better. When I get to Paris, we'll paint all our portraits with brushstrokes of yellow and bristles of canvas. The left bank is crying. It's slower and allows the piano to shine more. It's a nice melody. Almost a playlist song, it's just that this is too bland an arrangement to shine. This would be a standout on side two of 21 at 33 though. Oh, trope. finally get to the final track of the album i fall apart this is a very dour drab dirty way to end the album it's one of those melodramatic and yet dull songs it shouldn't be both i don't get the lyric i know i'm being dumb but for every rose you give her i'll give her three but in the meantime i'll just wish that she was me he's singing to the subject of the song who is giving roses to a woman now is he a gay man in love with a heterosexual man is he a heterosexual man in love with a lesbian? Or is he singing from the point of view of a woman? You can see these are the kind of questions that grab you when the song doesn't. O-trope. That ends the album. As I said, he wrote about 17 songs in three days and he exhausted the supply of lyrics he had from Burn and Gaz. And there are demos available online for other songs. So there's three B-sides from these sessions, the singles, Highlander, Billy and the Kids, Lord of the Flies, and they're not particularly memorable either. And there's a bunch of at least seven songs that have been released from these sessions, a couple of instrumentals. Let's pick out Timothy. Timothy is okay. Love Adventure as well. Sword, 
This album is clearly the weakest point of the 80s for Elton. It sounds like what it is, offcuts from the previous album and a few other tracks. The inspiration well has rung dry and he should have taken 1986 off. Revisiting it after quite a few years, it wasn't as unrelentingly awful as I'd expected. It's just uninspired. It's just average with a couple of nice moments. So how did this do? It was 24 in the UK, 91 in the US. So it was a flop. It was a flop album with flop singles. All that goodwill and momentum from Too Low for Zero that has slowly been dissipating since has completely gone now. Plus, this is the height of his drug problems. We've reached a real low point in 80s Elton's life and career, and worse was to come personally. The four word with you. 80s Elton's lowest point. Play this song. Two. 1987. So we have the only albumless 80s Elton year. Not that it was a quiet one for Elton. He had throat surgery in Australia in January, and it uh, supposedly had the effect of changing his voice, deepening it somewhat from tenor to baritone. Feel free to judge if that was the case as we move through to the end of the 80s. His marriage to Renata Blauel, who was an engineer he met while recording Too Low for Zero. This was pretty much over by this time. Uh, he married in 1984 and they uh, divorced in 1988. I don't know why that didn't last. I never went out with my wife before we got married. I mean, it was like we went out for a curry and that was it. Um, we got married. And it was great to do it like that. Um, but there was no sort of pre-romance. Ah, okay. No pre-romance. Mm-hmm. Then he had the problem with the tabloids, namely the S asterisk asterisk. I'm a Liverpool fan. Honour the 96. Uh, with their Rent Boys and Silence Dog stories, which Elton successfully sued them over. All in all, not a pleasant time for him personally. But there was some music. He did some sessions for George Harrison's comeback album, Cloud Nine, where he supposedly plays electric piano on the title track. Can't hear it myself. Devil's Radio and Wreck of the Hesperus. also did the duet with Jennifer Rush, Flames of Paradise, a very 80s production, they just forgot the song. album of only new album newish album he released in this year was the live in australia he did a two-month tour at the end of 86 with his band and an orchestra melbourne symphony orchestra uh, he released a couple of singles they released your song and candle in the wind your song very good orchestral version it could actually be my favorite version of your song I'm 
But it did nothing, didn't chart at all. I remember buying the single and it just didn't do anything. Whereas the follow-up, Candle in the Wind, which was very sparse, just piano, but a synth in the background. In America, with MCA, they, they decided to put the single out of Candle in the Wind, and they said they'd make it a hit, and I said, well, good luck, because, I mean, I, I didn't think it could possibly be a hit from a live album. Uh, but they, you know, they, it, it became a top five record, and, and it, it, the album sold nearly a million units now. So I, I was really chuffed, because I really had that, that series of concerts with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra, one of some of the best things I've ever done, even though I wasn't in probably the best frame of mind at the time. This was a big hit, and it was top ten in the UK and the US. I don't understand why, but, yeah. But you can't argue these songs. I think Candle in the Wind could be Bernie's best lyric. I, I do like the lyric to that. And they're, they're classic songs. They'll be around for as long as there's music. But it was a much needed hit felt at this time. Speaking of old BT, Bernie also released a solo album, a second after 1980's He Who Rides the Tiger, which I somehow neglected to mention in episode one. How is that possible? This is his second to date last solo LP, Tribe. Sorry, Tribe. And this is so 1987, it's painful. All songs co-written with yes, Sir Martin. Wait, did you hear that? Page. And this is the single Citizen Jane. weirdly did not set the chance alight but it was uh yes it wasn't a, a good year for elton but good times weren't far away it's been a very difficult year for you personally did yeah. you never contemplate giving up no i'm not i'm not the sort of person that gives up i retreated into my bedroom for three weeks and i just didn't want to talk to anybody it has been hard i've had the voice the separation from the wife which is now forgotten about we're back together i've had all the insults in the newspapers but i've had the, all the support from people in the country i've had the most marvelous letters it's just it's, i've i was ashamed that's basically i was ashamed of the stories that came out reggie for shame 1988 so the year started with candle in the wind hitting number five in the uk He then tried to get his hit with another artist. He co-wrote with Bernie, played piano and co-produced with James Newton Howard. Mama! 
made the rumour for Olivia Newton-John and stupidly didn't credit it to Olivia Newton-Elton-John. That flopped, mainly because it's a wee bit shite. If he really wanted other people to have hits, why not give him his good songs? It's been something that I wanted to do for two or three years. Uh, not just my costumes, it's everything I've collected over 18, 17 years, and it's a lot of stuff. I, I bought on epic proportions, and uh, but in the end you want to just basically to have a nice comfy sofa and a fireplace. So that's more or less what it's come down to, but it's, t it's taken two or three years to arrive at the decision that it's either all got to go, or we've got to, you know, just move out the house or do something. And I didn't want to do that because I really like where I live. So I went away for six weeks, and uh, Sotheby's came in, took everything away, and I went back and there was nothing left, and they even took my soap dish. Ha! I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I was having a bath, and I said, they've taken my soap dish. So, in an urge to get back to basics and turn the corner on a bad couple of years, he sold a shitload of his clothes and possessions at Sotheby's, hence the cover of his next album, Reg Strikes Back. The new album, Reg Strikes Back, has uh, caught a lot of people, obviously, because, first of all, whenever Elton John puts out an album, that's news, and especially with kind of the implications involved in saying goodbye to some of the old Elton John, that we knew that's news too but just from a musical standpoint uh, people have really sat up and have taken notice on this album uh, why do you think that is uh, well there's a lot more piano on the album um, I think Reg is a, is a really good piano player um, <laughs> and uh, it's I think people miss the, the, the piano a lot that's why the live album did quite well over here we're very well uh, because there was a lot of piano and, and it was a very happy album to make and after you know you go through spasms you know I was I had a, quite an uncomfortable time with my old record company um, and I'm not gonna uh, slag them off I think they were they had a, an uncomfortable time with me so it, it didn't work out and now I'm back with a company that I used to record for and it's going great the suggestion was this is a step back into a previous direction which possibly the reality of the album belies we shall see back in the producer's chair is Chris Thomas <laughs> And now a brief diversion as Atisography presents a roll call of all of Sid James' characters' names in the Carry On films. Carry On Constable, 1960, Sergeant Frank Wilkins. Carry On Regardless, 1961, Bert Handy. Carry On Cruising, 1962, Captain Wellington Crowther. Carry On Cabby, 1963, Charlie Hawkins. <laughs> Carry On Cleo, 1964, Mark Anthony. No. Carry On Cowboy, 1965, Johnny Finger, aka the Rumpo Kid. <laughs> Carry On Don't Lose Your Head, 1966, Sir Rodney Effing, aka the Black Fingernail. <laughs> Carry On Doctor, 1967, Charlie Roper. <laughs> Carry on up the Kyber 1968 Sir Sidney Ruff Diamonds. <laughs> Carry on camping 1969 Sid Bogle. <laughs> Carry on again Doctor 1969 Gladstone Screwer. <laughs> Carry on up the jungle 1970 Bill Boozy. <laughs> Carry on loving 1970 Sidney Bliss. <laughs> Carry on Henry 1971 Henry VIII. That's all I need. 
a face full of shoddy niggas. Carry on at your convenience, 1971, Sid Plummer, obviously. <laughs> Carry on, Matron, 1972, Sid Carter. <laughs> Carry on abroad, 1972, Vic Flange. <laughs> Not Sid Flange, Vic Flange. Carry on, Girls, 1973, Sidney Fiddler. <laughs> a personal favourite. And Carry on, Dick, 1974, Big Dick Turpin, aka Reverend Flasher. <laughs> oh God, blimey! <laughs> Honestly, I don't know where to look. I do. <laughs> now let's get into the album. with Pete Townsend on acoustic. Twice he's guested in the Elton John song and twice he's played the acoustic guitar. Why? We've got Pete Townsend, why not make him play lead guitar? They usually a bit miffed he was in the studio. Uh, this keeps up 80s Elton's habit of underwhelming opening tracks. It's just okay. It's hard to say anything else. Bernie's angry at the state of the world lyrics, but he's not bothered enough to write a third verse. So how angry is he really? An Americanism? Plenty. English. Plenty. American English Plenty American It's okay, it's fine. It's just not an album opener. This is maybe a track four. And by the 92nd mark, you've heard everything. This is a repeat of the first verse, repeat of the chorus. The backing vocals on this and most of the album, at least all the last track, are from Dean and Nigel, the old rhythm section. And it was Dean Murray's last contribution to Elton's music before dying of cancer in 1992 at the age of 45. That's no age. R.I.P.D. Let's move on to track two. Maybe things will pick up a little. Said it with devotion, you sound so sincere. 
To do a word in Spanish, Elton has that tendency to shout his ballads. And this is another example of that. Maybe a tender treatment vocally would have served this song better. This is unremarkable to the power of whatever. If you turn the page to the word unremarkable in the Oxford English Dictionary, you would hear the refrain to this song. Of course, the solo had to be a Spanish guitar, no cliché left behind. O-trope, but not sure what that was. What is that? Did he choke up a dodgy clam? It got to number 19 in the US for a decent showing. Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's open parenthesis part two close parenthesis now when I saw the track listing when this album first came out I thought wow how lovely a follow up to one of his prettiest 70s ballads while Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's sons of bankers sons of lawyers turn around and say good morning to the night for unless they but they can and that is why They know not if it's dark outside or light I think most people were disappointed with this up-tempo treatment Not what was promised on the tin It's less Ron Seal, more Red Sucks It does exactly what it says on the tin It's just a bit... Uh, meh Elton front loads the verses as in uses them all up before the first chorus so all that can be done after that is a solo and a repeat of the chorus. So again, everything's done by the halfway mark. The trumpet and flügelhorn solo. Eins, zwei, eins, zwei, eins, zwei. Great word, flügelhorn. Eins, zwei, eins, zwei, eins, zwei, halt. Uh, by renowned trumpet and occasional flügelhorn player, Freddie Hubbard. I wonder if his mother kept their pantry well stocked. That's a nice solo, yeah? But it's, yeah, it's, it's an average, average bit of nothing makes really the song. I've always said that one's enough to love Now I hear you bragging one is not enough well, Someone tells me on a side of five You've got plans to make me want a four or five I guess this kind of thing just in your blood But you won't catch me coming up my
track thought, I don't wanna go on with you like that. The first single, I remember liking this a lot of the time when it came out, but its stock was so low in the UK this time, despite Candle in the Wind being a hit earlier in the year. This just sneaked to number 30 in the charts, no higher. And yet it was number three in the US. It was his highest chart placing of the 80s in the US, go figure. This is a really good song, albeit it's way too long. I like the video too, another cheesy Russell Machar, Machamalkaha, Malikintyre, Russell Malikintyre effort. Well done, and it sells the song as per the remit, and some of his nicest piano playing for a while, and I like the solo. Dr. Point for the I don't wanna, an Americanism in itself. English, I do not want to. American, English, I do not want to. American, this is a deserved playlist song. I don't think he does this live anymore, and he should. And the wind chimes across Kyoto, each time the earth moves. Was it the quick that shook me? Or was it something to do with you? And the hot wind is the bamboo blinds And your almond eyes always shine Sitting cool behind your painted fan all the secrets of the East Conceal the beauty and the beast For tender is the man In her Japanese hand Track 5, Japanese Hands Never gets going this song It's always in second gear And it briefly goes into third gear But it never picks up speed And the lyrics, now what do you wonder inspired Bernie here? For tender is the man in a Japanese hands. Is this literally about being given a hand job in Kyoto? You might think that. I couldn't possibly comment. We will say no, obviously. Wouldn't want to suggest such a thing. With your thirsty fingers running up and down my spine. Maybe a massage with a happy ending in Kyoto. No, probably not. The guitar stings are annoying. And your arm lies. Stop it, Davy, stop it. I know a lot of these are keyboard and piano bass songs, and you're standing there in the studio trying to get a look in, but just strum an acoustic or something. Wait for your guitar solo. Hey, Elton, I've got an idea. Why don't I do this? Ah, has he left? Ach, fuck it, I'll do it anyway. Oh, hi. Oh, feeling that. That's fucking great. I'm just going to collect me brolly, then once I, you and me, push up for a quick one. And decide why. Someone should just shove a custard pie in between the currants. I'm sorry. I mean, I hate being talked down to, and, I, and she is terrible. I'm sorry. What happened <laughs> to Watford last year, by the way? We went down, which is more than we can say for Edwina Curry. Yeah. Side two. So he opens side two with Goodbye, Marlon Brando. Say goodbye to me 
Decent concept for a lyric, a litany of, or whatever, it's not a shit list. Clear as nout against the Beach Boys or Dollars Chester, who does? If you want the rainbow, you've got to put up with the rain. Do you know which philosopher said that? Dolly Parton. And people say she's just a big pair of tits. The usual complaint, not enough lyrics, really. If you have this kind of litany, you need it to be more than just a couple of verses. Goodbye to Rocky 5, 6, 7 and 8. Well, that's Rocky 5, Rocky Balboa, Creed and Creed 2. Prescient burn hath spoke fed. Hi, I'm Nostra Torpus. Don't mind the verse, but the chorus lets this song down. It's a crap naff chorus. I don't like the chorus this at all. Camera Never Lies, one line review, assumed would be worse track, but actually okay, surprisingly, albeit with cliched lazy lyrics. You know, you heard one of the songs from the next album, uh, Heavy Traffic. It's, it's sort of funny story because, I mean, that song alone is, is a hit. But I don't, you know, I can't. whatever, you know. Well, you know, you're, still, you're, you're talking to someone who thought Benny and the Jets was the biggest flop in the world, and someone who thought Bohemian Rhapsody, I told John Reed never to put it out, he must be joking. Shake your wake up Thursday from my night in the bar. Cause we're rolling in hell that trap 
to track eight, Heavy Traffic, a Davy Johnston co-write. And as you can tell, because it sounds like there's three different guitars in the first 10 seconds. <laughs> there's one, two, three. Hey Elton, I've got another idea for a guitar part. Sort of. At least this song has a lighter touch. It's a nice counterbalance to the shouted vocals around it. It's the first Elton reference to PCP. It's taken 21 studio albums together. Well done. I like the gap. Light gaps in songs. So useful. Imagine what you could use them for. Just got off the last bus from Montezito. Mind the gap. Sailor boys find trouble. Just got off the last bus from Montezito. <laughs> Sailor boys find trouble. Just got off the last bus from Montezito. Piss tanks. Sailor boys find trouble. Has a B-side feel to it, but a B-side you would actually play occasionally. This is okay. Go! There's another one doing three months time. She'll have to paint the spare room blue. You work a little overtime and hope it all works out with Frank and her. If she can give him home nights away from those factory girls. And the gospel's come on the mind of burning Frank just keeps complaining. How little they both son and mother drop my mind is just a nag about the world. Out show tune. I know. Such a show tune. Oh, this would have been fantastic in something like Billy Elliot. I can hear this in Billy Elliot. It works so well, lyrically and musically. This is fantastic. I love this. I wish Elton would do songs like this more often. Uh, there's a real pathos to this that works, especially in the middle eight. got a killer chorus very 80s keyboards but i think it adds to the staginess of it and makes it work again the problem is the paucity of lyrics poor city poor city paucity and he has to resort to repeating the second verse again when it needs more at least a second time instead of he stays to nag at Dallas. She stays. Because he hates those Texas girls. She hates. Well, not he stays to nag at Corrie. She stays. Because he hates those northern girls. She hates. He stays to nag at Corrie. Northern. It's a variation. Shows how the mother nags just to nag, etc. And it's... Sneeze more. This is wonderful. It's the kind of song you play again straight after it finishes. Because you enjoy it so much. Ah! 
to perfection and left a little space. Yeah, they got competition now all across the world. But there ain't been no looking back since God in Final track, Since God Invented Girls. Now this has been the hardest 80s album to choose the bad track on because to be honest there's nothing terrible on this album, it's a very competent album. Thinking about it on all of 80s Elton's albums, there's very little that is truly terrible. Because he's too much of a professional to do anything truly sloppy. There's dull songs and average songs and a bit rubbish songs, but there's always competent, even on leather jackets they're competently written songs. And to be honest this gets the bad treatment mainly because of the lyrics. Uh, Brian Johnston and Carl Wilson of the Beach Boys on backing vocals, Brian Wilson name checked in the lyrics, that's the problem with the lyrics. The mother of invention made it good for me, tighter in the rear, longer in the seam, kicked out yards of leather wrapped around a waist, trimmed it to perfection and left a little space. You like that objectifying thing, don't you, Burn? Fact, Bernie likes women, especially the purdy ones. Oh, you're so purdy. I think you're so purdy. I like to put you in a box and put you on the shelf and look at you because you're so purdy. I think you're so purdy. It's a very average song and nah, end to the album. I see what happens This is an improvement over the leather jacket. That <laughs> wasn't exactly a high bar to jump. Yeah. There is still a surfeit of inspiration on show here and a distinct lack of memorable songs with one or two exceptions. It's got to number 16 in the US, certified gold. Not a massive hit, but okay. Only 18 in the UK and only certified as silver. The one before was called Red, Red Strikes, Strikes Back. Back. Yes. Yeah. Yes. See, very well in this country. It just, gone, it just went cardboard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even Leather Jackets was a gold in the UK. That's pretty poor, but Salvation was just around the corner. So not quite the full return to form that was intended, but OK as a stepping stone to a better place he was just about to get to. The Four Word Review, yeah? Reg mostly strikes out. Playlist song. Two. 1989. So finally we get to the last album of the 80s. It's been a long time coming, but here we are. 
So the approach for this album was, oh, I'll just let Elton explain it. What about the new album? It's called Sleeping With The Past. Yes, I got a few uh, raised eyebrows when I said it was going to be called Sleeping With The Past. And people said, are you going to issue a catalogue with it? Um... <laughs> but I mean, I know that you pick, you don't just pick at random titles. There's a reason for, for the titles you put yeah, on Yeah, well, this album. the album Sleeping With The Past. Is, the songs on it, there are ten songs, and they're very much based on old R&B songs that we, Bernie and I used to love, and like old Aretha Franklin song. There's a song like The Drifters, called, one called Club At The End Of The Street. Um, there's a song, they, they, kind of like the impressions, and it's kind of based, Billy Joel did it very, very well when he did the Uptown Girl album, when he did all those tri tributes to the 60s, 50s and 60s. Yeah. So and it's kind of that idea, of just based on um, the chords and, and the, uh, the melodies of, of old songs. I've ripped them all off, I tell you. <laughs> Interesting that he was inspired by An Innocent Man by Billy Joel, which came out about five, six years earlier. That was very telling, that he was actually taking notes then that he'd had this huge hit now at this stage bernie torpin's credit it says lyrics by torpin on this album and the greatest it's album that followed lyrics by torpin he's one name now pretentious torpin like prince and chair he's torpin hi i'm torpin working day in the life of torpin 8 32 a.m torpin wakes Eight forty six. Torpin has breakfast and coffee. Oh, out of Cheerios. Nine oh three. Torpin enters his office. I'm going to work now, babe. Okay, I'm going now. Turn the lights out when you leave. Bye. Well, do. Hmm. Thanks, hon. 9.11. After checking his emails, Torpin begins a day's work. The West Texas town of El Paso I fell in love with a Mexican girl uh. Nighttime would find me in Rose's cantina Music uh. would play and Felina would whirl 9.17. Torpin finishes his work. 2.9047 at gmail.com title turn lights dear Elton suggestion generic country ballad love beauty send 9.19 Torpin leaves the office for the day and pisses about on horses or something else very American Oh, the cover. The cover is Elton John covering his face with his hands. No, he isn't. No, that's the cover to Healing Hands. Forget I said that. The cover of the album is him lying on his hands, sleeping. He's sleeping with his hands. He's sleeping with the past. Let's just get on with the album.
Track one, Durban Deep. It's way too echoey. The inspiration for this was a kind of working in a coal mine type song, pretty Dorsey song. Lyrically, if not musically. This is too long. It's, it's okay. It's a bit naff and dull. Oh yes, it's naff and dull. It's a daft track. Dull and naff. Daft. <laughs> Very funny. The song's all done by the halfway mark, by the second chorus, and it's five and a half minutes long. That's a long way to go. It's a minor contribution from Davey until the obligatory guitar solo. Do-do trope. Been getting lax with the doo-doos. It's just an unmemorable song, really. It, like, true of most of 80s Elton's openers. Yeah. Hi, thank you. I'd like to... Uh, like to do the uh, new single from the album Sleeping With The Past. This is called Healing Hands. Track two, Healing Hands, the first single from the album. I remember buying this on single, on a CD single, liking this at the time. This actually would have been a better start to the album. This is a fluctuator. The fluctuator. Remember Sally when I promised to kill you last? I lied. Between a three star and a four star song. In other words, between being a three-star song and being on the playlist. And the bridge is the biggest hook. We're at the bridge to this. It's a good chorus, though. Yeah, it's a playlist song. Come on. Americanism sentence. Burn like a fire. English. Burn like a fire. American. Burn like a fire. English. 
Burn like a fire. American. Burn like a fire. Outro. Now this flopped as the first single. Continue as bad run of singles really. But Salvation was round the corner. It's a good full production compared to the Leather Jacket songs which are very wispy and weedy. Yeah, it's a good song. It's a good first single. Tantamount to a lie With lingering breath Walking fingers run Hungry scratches live Dull times ring Like an empty voice A distant smile frame Her lips are soft and moist With a whisper Whisper, whisper and whisper And whisper in rhythm your lies Keep comfort for others Hurt me with the night Whisper like coins close to the bone Save heaven for lovers Leave me alone with your whisper Track 3, Whispers. Now this is quite lovely. It's a playlist song. The verse is the hook more than the chorus. That's where once he front loads the verses, so when you get to the chorus, you're just repeating the chorus, the instrumental, verse melody in between. And it's kind of like, I kind of miss the verses once they're over. It's the best part of the song for me. We won't be able to do a song like this now, you know, based around a drum pattern. Bernie lyrics, her lips are soft and moist. Oh, I say. Oh, Only problem with this song is it never frigging ends. It just goes on forever. The song is effectively over at the four minute mark. Unfortunately, it lasts five and a half minutes. So this is too long again. It just peters out. Peters out? They're not. When the shakes are strong and the light of the moon is a bang. There's a shady place at the end of the working day Where young lovers go and this hot little trio play That's where we meet That's where we meet Me and you run there In the club at the end of the street Ooh, where we meet Ooh, where we meet Me and you run there In the club at the end of the street Track 4, Club at the End of the Street. This is another fluctuator. Fluctuator 2, Fluck Harder. You're fired. I fluctuate between thinking it's shite or okay. I like the middle eight with the can't sit still bit. Kind of redeems it. It's a bit of energy at worst. Otrope. Yes, yeah, it's okay. I think it has its place on the album. 
Sleeping with the Past, one-line review, unremarkable title track, and weekend to side one. And side one. Blowing away by Bonnie Raitt, as you know, it was, it was razor blade time. Um, I'm a very sentimental person, I cry easily a lot. Like, White House. Hello, I'm Peter Jameson. Hello. Hello, I'm Peter Jameson. I'm Peter Jameson. No, I'm Peter Jameson. Anybody here called Peter Jameson? No, I'm Peter Jameson. I'm sorry, he's, uh, he's just popped out for a turkey sandwich. Thank you. I'm Peter for f- Opening track of side two, Stones Throw from Hurtin. Not hurting, hurtin. I like the vocals on this and the kind of understated. Lots of guitars from Davy Boy here. Oh, another fluctuator. Fluctuator three, get flucked. Let off some steam bennet. I like this, not quite a playlist song, but I do quite like this. There's a good cover version as well from Winona Judd. When you record and write, when you write something initially, um, when you're doing a demo of a song, uh, sometimes it gives you goosebumps. Mm-hmm. And when it does give you goosebumps, you know it's maybe a little bit more special than some of the other songs on the album. It doesn't happen that often. I mean, it happened on Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. It happened on Someone Saved My Life Tonight and a couple of other things. Uh, and it's the one song off the album that um, I really, I'm very, very, very fond of. I mean, I'm very fond of the album, but I, I really love that song. 
and it's the second single. It's been a little slow, but it's beginning to uh, beginning to regurgitate itself. Didn't, yeah. Well, a bit like Cher, really. <laughs> uh, oh. Snap out of it! It's a human sign When things go wrong When the scent of her languors And temptation strong Into the Seven, the big hit Sacrifice. It's a playlist song, obviously. It's an interesting song, uh, lyrically, from the married perspective, which you don't often get in a pop lyric. But it's one of those songs that I'm a bit sick of, to be honest. I mean, I could go with not having to hear it anymore. It's one of those songs like Come on Eileen, or All Right Now, Bohemian Rhapsody. That if I was to hear them for the first time, I think, oh, they're a great song. That's a great song. But I'm just sick of it. I've had a lifetime's worth of listening to it. I can go the rest of my life and never hear that song again. And this is kind of one of those. It's a really good song, really lovely song. But yeah. Track eight, I never knew her name. Elton has the horn again, rare horn. This is a fun song. This, I can imagine, would be perceived as the disposable track of the album. It's the shortest song. It's the only song that's under four minutes on the entire album. So for that, it gets a, a tick. But I like this. It's, it's a fluctuator. Fluctuate for it's your flucky day. You should not drink and bake. But I do like it. This is a borderline playlist song. Is it a playlist song? Yeah, it's a playlist song. What the hell? Yeah, go on in. We're reaching the end, so I'm feeling feeling generous. You're a cool little one. My dark southern breeze sweeps through my fingers. And it'll be 
People like this song, but to me, there's like one of those generic gospely type ballads that isn't. And to me, it's like a poor rewrite of Gypsy Heart. You and I gang, you're a cool little one. You gypsy heart, my dark southern breeze. I count the days. It amazes me that we're upon. And if the leather jackets version is better, then you know your song's not that great. So I'm not particularly keen on this one. I gotta quit this habit. It's like some drug for you. You've been my sweet, sweet addict. Up in your little white boy blue You've got the same obsession We ain't no cat and mouse You linger on my lips like confession You laid the trash in this house And it's no use each way we lose You and me at the crossroads Of Blue Avenue Hit and run, hearts collide here True love passes through Looks like we've got a wreck, babe Up on Blue Avenue Up on Blue Avenue Track 10 Blue Avenue and he leaves the best to last this has an understated majesty I don't think it's a beautiful song again it's got that kind of the arrangements kind of underproduced it's kind of intimate and, and has a slightness to it that's really beautiful I remember Q magazine in the late 80s um, early 90s they'd have interviews of pop stars favorite songs of the time and Howard Jones this is one of his songs and I remember at the time thinking oh it's a weird choice so obviously he wasn't as mad about this song then when it first came out as I am now so it's obviously aged very well as always Hojo was right this is a lovely end to the album
let this album do. So I'm not quite sure how it did on initial release because it didn't really, it wasn't until June of 1990 when Sacrifice was re-released as double A side with Healing Hands after being played a lot by Steve Wright on his radio show, Radio 1. It would have been Radio 1 still, wouldn't it? Yes, Radio 1. And that revitalized his, his career really that being a number one and this very spot as i said you said oh i don't think i'll ever have a number one and this well, one it looks yet. Little, yeah i know now i've got but john it, barnes keeping me off at the moment you have yes. but it could he's be. singing better than he's playing at the moment so hopefully <laughs> on saturday he'll uh He'll yeah. play and score I mean, really, if he, if he does and they beat Holland, of course, then you have no chance of getting the number one. Well, no, because the sales already counted for Saturday. Oh, I see. So it's a very close race. Meanwhile, Pavarotti's creeping up on the outside. Well, hardly <laughs> creeping, but he creeps. <laughs> well, I mean, he had to come back from, from it's America. It's nice to be in the charts with someone fatter than me. It's wonderful. <laughs> so there isn't a when are you making a record? There isn't. <laughs> And it became his highest selling studio album in the UK, being certified three times platinum. And it was first solo number one in the UK as well. So it's a big, big turnaround really from the last two albums, which really did poorly. So in America, it was platinum in America, number 23, but it was still platinum. So yeah, it was a turnaround. This very much to me has a 90s feel to it, this album. It's almost like as much his first album of the 90s as his last album of the 80s. It's becoming slicker, the production. The drums are mixed louder and it's starting to become overproduced. I mean, his next album, which I'd listened to all the way through for the first time quite recently, The One, which came out in 92, I'm going to say. Very overproduced, very echoey, loud drums, very kind of charmless, like a lot of 90s productions. We love the 80s. But yeah, this is a, this is a return to form, you've got to say. The four-word review, hey? Seize out 80s triumphantly. Why, well, the songs. Five. So what else in 89? He did a duet with Aretha Franklin from her album Through the Storm, the title track. Written by Albert Hammond and Diane Warren and produced by Narada, Michael Walden. And doesn't it sound like it? In this world, it's hard, you know. top 40 in the uk but got number 16 in the us there you go actually their voices do blend quite nicely together but it's a, it's a shit song also did a version of i'm ready for a fats domino tribute album And 
And there we have it, 10 years of the reg in all its spectacular, with emphasis on specs, glory. Next time you will have the wrap up, summary, verdict, call it what you will, because I don't know what I'll call it. Summing up of the third decade of Elton's career. We will leave you with another palate cleanser from Bernie's Philosophical Steakhouse. If it looks like rain, if it makes no sound, it's an echo of pain on common ground. Love's like a junkie, addiction's a fat, passion's a monkey. You can't keep off your back. Conventional oven thermostat. <laughs> Sounds like a Kevin Brothers song, doesn't it? <laughs> you and your new oven are capable of great things. But remember, no two ovens are the same. Rather than jumping at the deep end with your brand new oven, don't forget it may differ in its cooking characteristics to your previous model. We strongly recommend you take time to read this leaflet fully from cover to cover. Get to know, get to know Meineke, it's a bad oven. You get to know all there is to know about your new oven before you begin preparing your, preparing your, God, this is ridiculous, your own mouth-watering meals. I'll have to do that one again. We strongly recommend you take time to read this leaflet fully from cover to cover. Get to know all there is to know about your new oven before you begin preparing your own mouth-watering meals. It may seem like a chore, I'm going to get all the loonies in the United Kingdom sending me microwave frigid books home. Yeah. i get enough loony lyrics as it is. Bernie's Philosophical Steakhouse is closed. Sod off. Piss tanks.